It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Monday, July 26th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com, and today our episode is brought to you by the Peacock and Williamson podcast. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you are subscribing to Peacock and Williamson, you can subscribe to this show as well, Locked On Jets. If you do that, we will deliver new episodes to your device each morning as they are posted. This is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have a new episode each day, Monday through Friday, through most of the year. And if you enjoy this show, after you subscribe, give it a five-star review helps us out quite a bit joining us today for the latest installment of our listener spotlight series is zach from arkansas zach thank you so much for joining me today no thank you for having me i appreciate it so zach i have to begin by asking the obvious question how does someone from arkansas start rooting for the new york jets uh (laughs) well i would say it's a long story and the winding roads of ups and downs and all that because that's honestly what it's been uh following them but uh really the start was just sort of really just by accident um so i'm uh, i was born in 1984 and first uh sort of saw them i guess in 87 um i don't know if it was an actual game or if it was just uh maybe a, a newsreel type thing on highlights um and uh, I saw Mark Gastineau for the first time. And obviously, you know, go, looking back now, it's sort of the, the Gastineau that was about three, four years past, you know, the normal sack exchange time period. But uh, um, he just, he was still sort of that maniac kind of crazy guy that I just, I, I don't know, he just, he had this so much charisma that I just kind of, I was like, I don't know who this guy is, and you know, but I just, I love it. And I, I just, I liked the green uniform. It was so different and it stood out and, you know, the green helmet. And it was just sort of, um, I kind of started following along, you know, at the time, you know, we didn't have, you know, obviously you weren't able to watch any kind of Jets football unless it was, you know, they randomly were on some sort of national game, but in the eighties, you really didn't have a lot of that anyway. But, um, so I really just kind of followed along in the newspaper and, uh, you know, anytime that you, we happen to have them on TV, definitely, you know, I'd be sitting in front of the, the TV watching as this little elementary school kid that, you know, like the Jets and no one else knew who they even were. So It was a different era. I remember 
a while back, I let I let a book I read a book that Peter King, the former Sports Illustrated writer who's now with NBC, I think it, it was about NFL fans. And he talked about how in that era, like the 80s and 90s, like there was this one person he knew who was a San Francisco 49ers fan who lived in New York. And the way he followed them was he had some relative clip articles from the newspaper and mail them mm-hmm. to him. It's, it's amazing what a different yeah. world it is. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, and I had so my 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 grandfather's from uh, uh moved from Oklahoma to um to Connecticut, and uh, he ended up uh, remarrying uh, a, a lady from uh, New York. So that was also kind of um, a small sort of incentive of of of, um, sort of relaying back information um, as well as you know, hey, did you hear about this or? You know, in the New York Post, this is what happened or, you know, something like that. So um, it was sort of it was very small information that you're getting at the time. But it, it, it really didn't mean the world to, you know, a little, you know, third, fourth grader. So, um, yeah, I think it just kind of it kept kept me going um, until obviously, you know, once we got closer to the, you know, the mid 90s and, and, you know, and everything kind of started looking up. So. Let me ask this: Who do NFL fans in Arkansas typically root for? Um, so, really, it's Dallas Cowboys tend to be the the big team. Um, it's it it kind of changes somewhat depending on what part you go up to. Because obviously, uh, well, at the time, you know, when they had the Rams in St. Louis, um, you know, the further up north you went of Arkansas, you know, Missouri's you know right on top of it, so you would have some Rams fans, but uh, for the most part, it's just Dallas. Um, that's kind of been sort of the 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 really the only team. Uh, every once in a while, I guess when Tennessee, uh, you know, became a team, um, there there was a few that kind of went on with that in the '90s. But other than that, it's it's just been Dallas. Do you know whether that's because of Jerry Jones? And for those of you who don't know, the Cowboys owner Jerry Jones is an Arkansas native. I think he played college football at Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was yeah he was there, uh, um, and uh, you know with with Switzer and and then of course Jimmy Johnson was all, it was sort of like this little there's like this little group of guys there that were all sort of together um, that has that uh, just sort of a little connection but uh, uh, yeah yeah there's that's 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 a big thing too um, it's obviously that Arkansas connection that helps. But I think honestly, it, the, it's just the geography of it. It's just we just don't have anything around us. You know, the, the um, we're just like a classic southern, you know, southeastern state where, you know, the only pro team that you really have is the college that's in your state. You know, that's kind of the that's really it. Because anything else, it's it's you know, um, any other you know state you may have. Obviously, the, you know, in New York, you've got multiple teams, and, and or in Arkansas, you don't have any. So. Um, you, you kind of have to figure out geographically what's close enough that you can get to if, if you do want to follow a team. But, and then also you just have random teams too. So I mean, you could go uh, driving around and you'd see Pittsburgh Steelers fans. You could see, um, you know, Ravens fans. You, I mean, it's, it's just sort of a, a crapshoot of, of who you really get uh, in terms of fandom. So when were you able to really begin watching Jets games? Um that was probably definitely 97, 98. Uh, obviously when Parcells came in, it, 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 it really sort of drove 
the Jets uh, fandom around here, um, uh, or not around here, but just in the NFL, it kind of sparked a little interest. Um, and uh, they started, you know, putting shows or putting the games on, on TV a lot more often. So uh, I was definitely able to, you know, watch. And uh, and they also used to do, I don't, I don't know if you remember this or not, I'm sure you probably do, but I believe it was ESPN. And they used to do during the summertime, they would have uh, sort of this uh, look back at the season before uh, of teams. And, you know, there'd be like a little 30 minute special. And, you know, of course, you know, they'd sort of take every single positive they possibly could um, about, the, the team from last season and sort of have you getting ready for the next season and what to look for. Um, uh, and I can't, I wish I knew what it was called, but uh, uh, they, they would do it for every single team. Um, and that was one of the things I would do during the summer, but, uh, um, but uh, that was sort of another driving force too, for me and, and, and being able to sort of see them and what, what was going to end up happening. But uh, yeah, I think for the most part, uh, just, you know, here and there watching games, uh, you know, internet was sort of sparse uh, in 97, 98. So, uh, but I was at least able to sort of attain some newspapers and, and uh, uh, going online and watching stuff too. But uh, just watching as a whole, really, you're just basically just watching what you can uh, on, on TV when, it, when it's given to you on a, on a national basis. So. I remember those yearbooks you were talking about, like the, the yes, look back that back came on every summer. Yeah. And I'll tell you why my, my dad and I still laugh about this all these years later, because for that season, when Parcells was taking over, that was the year after the Jets went one and 15 with Rich Cotite. Yes. So yes. For all, every team except the Jets, it was a look back on the previous season. Cause they, as you said, like they looked for like the most positive things possible for the Jets. They did a preview of the 1997 season because there were no positives from 1996. It was called ready for takeoff. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And I, th- yeah, I think I actually ended up seeing that again on YouTube. Maybe I think someone loaded it up on there and, uh, uh, and I was able to to watch that again. But yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like you said, the internet was kind of in its infancy. or It wasn't as widespread as it is today. And I remember, mm-hmm. I was a kid at this point, and I remember I my parents used to, used to subscribe me to this magazine. It was Sports Illustrated for Kids. And I, I'll for never kids. forget this yep. one article. Yeah. yeah, this one article I read in that period where they said, you know, soon you're going to be able to listen to radio broadcasts of games on your computer. And then maybe 10 to 15 years, you'll be able to watch them. And I thought, wow, that's, that seems like impossible. That seems like, you know, space age stuff. And now here we are. It's something we take for granted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and that's, uh, it, it's funny going, thinking about it now, because, you know, we have, let's say, had dial up in 97, 98, but we did have internet uh, fairly early on, but it, the internet that, you know, you, maybe people who, weren't using it then uh maybe thinking about what we're thinking as the internet was completely different so um you know you just didn't really have the the accessibility that you do now to be able to uh, you know get you know like you said audio and video and it just wasn't really a thing or you or your your computer didn't have the the capabilities of, of, of running it either so built bar has so many delicious flavors there's something for everybody And if you're not sure what your favorite flavor is yet, you can get a mixed box where you get two each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get the Grasshopper Cookie or Raspberry or whatever you'd like. 
Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team at the Olympics. And if you go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off your order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15, one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at Built, B-U-I-L-T, dot com. So let's talk about those Parcells years, because you mentioned that was the first point where games became readily available for you in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Do any games really come to mind as as particularly memorable? Uh, Oh, boy. I mean, honestly, during the season, I can't really tell you um, a certain game, um, but... I know when uh, we beat Jacksonville uh, in that playoff game, uh, I believe it was a divisional round, maybe. Uh, That's right. We ended yep. up beating Jack. Yeah, yeah, we beat Jacksonville. And I just, I just remember thinking to myself, uh, like, oh, um, you know, finally we're good, you know. Um, and then obviously to find out that I think what we played uh, Denver in the next round after that. So that just sort of, I, I think it, it kind of. Uh, uh, you know, I thought we had a chance, obviously, but uh, but yeah, that that Jacksonville game, that was probably that first sort of, oh yeah, like this is, you know, this is a good team. This is this is what we've been waiting for. And um, you know, obviously, with you know, you had your uh, you know Testaverde and you had Martin and and you know Wayne Corbett and and Keyshawn. Um, you know, those are your, those are your, the four guys. You know that that you know offensively, those those are your guys. And uh, I know they were for me. Um, they were just. Uh, uh, just sort of standouts and uh, uh, but yeah that 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 Jacksonville game uh, that that really kind of that sort of that was the that sort of ignition for me uh, in my fandom to um, kind of keep going and, and keep rooting for him and uh, uh, I honestly I generally thought that this was that was sort of the beginning of of um, you know sort of a uh, I obviously can say it like a dynasty really in terms of how good we really were and 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 uh, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know how long we could have Testaverde, obviously, but uh, and just because you know he was sort of, I guess in my mind, getting up there in age. Um, but uh, I definitely thought we had the the pieces there to, you know, obviously with, you know with Glenn as well and and uh, um, at corner. But uh, you know, we we had pieces there that could have definitely done some some damage. But uh, obviously. You know, the but the next year after what Ray Lucas had to step in for Jeff Verde and uh um you know, it, it just sort of uh I guess it just kind of slowly started going, you know, further and further back and but uh um but I you know, I just uh I, I think for that season it just it, it came all together. Uh everybody was buying into Parcells and his system and uh it was just it was a great feeling to be, a great time to be a Jets fan, I know that for sure. Yeah, because the period that preceded that was actually very similar to the last few years. It wasn't just just that the Jets were bad. It's that they were embarrassing. It's like they found Mm -hmm. ridiculous ways to lose every week. I I remember having the exact same feeling during that Jacksonville game. It's like, oh, my God, Mm -hmm. like we're in the playoffs. Like we're actually a playoff team where we're hosting. a. You know, we they got they got the buy that year. They got the buy in the first out of the first Mm -hmm. round. They're hosting Jacksonville in the divisional round, and then they win the game. It's like this is what it feels like Mm -hmm. to win a playoff game. This is unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. So, when did you begin having the ability to watch the Jets every week? 
that was probably later in the late 2000s. Uh, once I kind of got away from, you know, living with the parents and I was now starting to live on my own, um, you know, had my job during the day and, you know, could actually pay for, uh, you know, having the, the NFL, uh, um, you know, having the, so, the game so day or whatever. <laughs> yes, yeah, so and yeah, being able to have that, yeah. Um, so that was really the beginning of that. Um, and then, uh, you know, I also ended up getting HBO for the first time and they had hard knocks, uh, and I think it was 2010, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, that was that right there. I think that, that obviously those two years, um, that's what, you know, kind of got me from just sort of, the, Hey, I like the uniforms to, Hey, this is a good team and I'm following them. And now it's, you know, this is, this is what I care about. And I, I read up as much as I can about them and uh, follow along and read the books and, and everything about it. I just, uh, during that time period, that, that 09, 2010, uh, that time period, uh, it was just, uh, um, that was a massive thing. I just, I watched every single game, uh, watched, uh, um, obviously the playoff games and, and, uh, you know, was in love with, you know, Rex Ryan and, and his system of play. And I thought that, uh, and, and obviously the, the drafting of, uh, and the trading for, for, uh, as I call them, the franchise, uh, Sanchez, that, that, that was just a, a huge momentum boost for the franchise, uh, at the time, uh, and thought, man, yeah, I can't believe we just got that. You know, we got the quarterback that we wanted and, and we actually made a move to make that happen. So, and I think we all understand the the draft woes that we've been put through over the years. So, that was that was uh, huge for us. Uh, and then just thinking about all the guys that we had on that team that were a lot of guys that we drafted. You know, Levis and uh, obviously the um, uh, Breakershaw and 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 Mangold and a lot of those guys that you know we put faith in and, and drafted them. And you know, they were just standouts for the team. So. Uh, and, that that was uh, just a great time as well. And you even had guys who maybe weren't as great as the Brickishar or Mangold, but you had guys like Dustin Keller who were also draft picks right. and were playing playing roles for the team. It was just such an exciting mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was just a, it was just a fun time, and, and I think for the first time, uh, honestly, that I can remember, it was the first time that players outside uh, of the Jets organization wanted to go play for the Jets. And I think, you know, if you could bring that culture in to where players are wanting to come play for you, you know, that, that sort of tells you what you were able to do with that franchise. So, What are your best memories of those, those early Rex years? Oh, Lord. Um, just the, the ground and pound. And just because I, I love the idea of, of running the ball. My, my, my mom and dad were both from Oklahoma. Uh, so I grew up watching Oklahoma Senior football. So we always ran the wishbone. So I, I love the idea of just running the ball and just constantly running. Uh, and that Rex Ryan years is just run the ball as much as you can. And, you know, you got Thomas Jones. And, you, and then obviously the year after uh, you had uh, uh, Damian. And then just sort of, uh, yeah, it just just get behind those those offensive linemen and just run the ball. Uh, the defense was just spectacular. Um, you know, it's it, it just it, – there was just so many – um, it, it was just fun games to watch because uh, I mean, very rarely did you have uh, games that were boring. It was always just exciting, and and uh, 
you know, I, I think for, for the most part, once you, once you sort of got to see uh, uh, Sanchez sort of throw the ball a little bit and get him a little bit more space, he kind of relaxed a little bit and calmed down, and, and he was able to, uh, you know, sort of be that quarterback that we thought he could be. So, You know, I was thinking – recently when you talked about ground and pound I, I was remember i was thinking recently about you remember the playoff game in cincinnati in 2009 where like the bengals were like were put, putting pretty much like everybody they had on box because they knew the jets were going to run it and the jets still ran the ball mm-hmm. down their throats it wasn't the, I, yeah. that was like the ultimate ground and pound game for me because i remember like the few occasions the jets threw the ball like they went like they run play action and guys would be running wide open down the field because the bengals were sending everybody to try and stop the run yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's, and that's the thing too. I mean, you just you look at the receivers on those teams too. Um, you know, they they had the ability to make the big plays uh, where needed. Um, you know, I, I always loved you know Lavernius Cole as well. Um, you know, he was just such a uh, just such a fast receiver to make the play when he needed to. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, and then I think you know Sean Green was a big part in that game too, if I remember correctly. Um, so, uh, you know, he's a big Iowa boy. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, I think that playoff, you know, that first playoff run there, um, that was just, a that, that was a good, that was a fun time too. And you think about the, the talent too, that you're having to play against, um, during those, those AFC years. Cause you know, those, that was very, very talented, uh, conference at that time. Um, uh, you know, not, not to mention obviously the Patriots, but you know, the Colts and, and the Chargers and, uh, you know, the, the Steelers, you know, there was just, it was just, it was loaded. And the fact that, you know, the, the Jets are right there with them, it sort of tells you how big a team they were. Yeah. It, it's funny looking back on it because obviously his career did not pan out the way we were hoping it would, but Sean Green looked like he was developing into a, a star during those 2009 playoffs. In fact, if you go back to the AFC championship game against the Colts, maybe the most pivotal moment in that game was Green suffering an injury early in the second half mm-hmm. and the Jets offense just stalled from that point without him. Stalled. Yeah. 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 And, and, and obviously, you know, if you can't, you know, if you can't stay with, with Peyton, you know, you're going to be in a, in a difficult situation. So, um, you know, that, that, yeah, that definitely hurt him uh, during that time period. Um, you know, Sean, he was, it was just sort of that deceptive uh, runner, you know, and, uh, and I'm not sure. Did we? I don't know if we had. Did we have Leon Washington at that time in 2009? Or is that he was injured? He, 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 he was he was on the team, but he 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 was out because he broke his leg that season. Oh, okay, okay, that makes a little more sense then. That's what I was okay. Yeah, um, yeah, Sean Green. That yeah, that brings up some good uh, <laughs> a lot of good times there, with Sean Green. So, but yeah, that uh, yeah, I think it just sort of it just showed that you know if you're able to stop the Jets' run. You know, you you kind of you stop the Jets, and uh, um, but uh, the fact that you know their offense, that Colts offense was so powerful, it just you know we, we couldn't we couldn't just rely on the defense, and uh, um, you know the well, I mean there was a reason why you know the Colts were sixteen and two that year. You know they were just a they're a very good team, and uh, uh, you know the, I, I think the you know once we kind of had to figure out that you know hey maybe you know maybe we need to Sure up that uh, those uh, those running back a little bit, and that way that you know this doesn't happen again. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs. 
before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So who are some of your favorite Jets players of all time? Obviously, you know, Gaston was my first person that I saw. So, I mean, I, and I have, I have a jersey hanging up right now uh, in my little man cave area. Um, you know, I, I would say Gaston, um, uh, probably Wayne Corbett. Um, I loved Curtis Martin. Uh, I'm trying to go through my years here. You know, what, what's funny is that, you know, I really like Hugh Douglas, too. Uh, and it was sort of, uh, it was, it was kind of depressing a little bit because you got Hugh Douglas that, you know, was doing well for him and then ends up, uh, you know, playing in, I think his last year was 97 and then ended up leaving uh, in 98, right when we're, you know, right when we start to hit our, our stride. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, Hugh was, Hugh was a, a big part of that. I liked a lot. Revis, obviously. Uh, I, I loved uh, Sanchez. Um Wow. Uh, I like Leon Washington too. I, I loved him as a, as a, a returner. Uh, I thought he was just an exceptional player. Um, and then obviously, and how can you, how can you go wrong with Mangold either? So he was just a, uh, just a, a, such a great talent. So. What do you think about the current Jets team? Um, it's kind of, I, I, you know, obviously, you know, when you're in the off season, you're, you know, and, and everything has sort of got turned around and, you know, a new coach and, and, and new quarterback. And, um, you know, there's obviously high hopes. Um, I know for me, I'm, I usually stay positive, which is, I guess, is why I'm a Jets fan in the first place. Um, but uh, I, I try to stay positive and, and try to look at sort of what, you know, uh, what this team has and what I think, could uh, you know go well for this team, and uh, um, you know I, I'm I'm looking forward to see the 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 type of uh, uh, talent that Zach has at, at QB. Uh, I know obviously for uh, our head coach Robert Slay, I mean I've heard nothing but positives about him. Uh, same with Mike Lafleur. So um, you know I, I think I'm looking forward to uh, you know. Uh, getting a little West Coast action. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm sure we're going to be using some, uh, you know, spreading out the field, spell out the field a little bit. Uh, you know, picking out balls out in the back to the to the running back, letting them run around a little bit. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think, uh, I think the culture, like I talked about with Parcells, and I talked about with with Rex Ryan. I think, you know. I think uh, you know Robert's going to be that that culture difference for the for the Jets, and uh, I think that's going to be a huge positive uh, in in the end. And and even if the things don't go well, I don't think they're going to I don't think they're going to crash and burn like they did before. Um, I, I think that uh, he's got enough respect as a coach that the players are going to fight every single you know every single down uh, and every single practice. Uh, so. Uh, you know, if things don't go well, I, I don't think it's going to be something where it's going to be a constant. I think I think we're we're always going to be rising, and, and, and uh, uh, once once we start figuring out a little bit, 
uh, and how to play scheme and, and, and uh, play sort of the Jets way, you know, obviously, you know, we're, we're going to be, I have a feeling we're going to be pretty good in the future. So uh, as far as this season, uh, you know, I could see us maybe going a little below 500. I'd say that's a safe, a safe bet. Um, I think for me personally, maybe 500 around there. Um, I think, well, I think we actually have 17 games, but uh, um, so we'll just, we'll shoot for how about one game above 500. How about that? Nine and eight. That's what I like. To, I like eight. that. Yeah. I, you... I'm, 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 yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you how you found the podcast. Oh, oh, um, really? Just simply, just sort of, I, I wanted more jets and jets information, jets content, and uh, ended up uh, just sort of searching podcast itself and, and looking at the jets, and and ended up finding you. And uh, just I've been a listener now for I guess this is going on close three years, something like that, uh, three and a half years somewhere around there. Uh, and just uh, really enjoy it and uh, so much content that you get and information and uh, um, it, it makes, it, you know, I think there's certain days when you kind of feel down about yourself, about, you know, the where the Jets are and then you end up listening to the podcast and it, it really does sort of, uh, uh, it sort of raises up your, uh, your morale, you know, which I guess says a lot about you and the podcast and, and how great of a job you've done. So um, you should definitely be proud and I, I've, you know, I, I know there's a lot of Jets fans out there that, that love your show and, and, and love what you do. So, Well, thank you. I really do appreciate that. And I have to tell you, Zach, I have been hearing for over two decades from my father about how Parcells messed up by running Hugh Douglas out of town. So I'm sure my father will be very <laughs> happy to hear that somebody else was upset about that. <laughs> yeah yeah no it just sort of it well it, and the thing is that i don't i don't see it as i, I think it's more of a uh i knew he was good uh but didn't know how good he could be especially when he was with the eagles and i just thought man we we let that one go so uh that's that was a little rough for, for me so yeah i'm right there right there with you there dad well zach it was great chatting with you thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today no thank you for having me i appreciate it that's our show for today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.